Marla Sambonani, hello, how's it? And shalom. Welcome to Liberty and Friends, your weekly installment of all things freedom-related. I'm uh, coming to you from the offices of a, a good friend of mine and parliament, member of parliament. But before I get to that, um, just a quick reminder, if you are looking to support the Institute of Race Relations, you can do so by becoming a friend of the IRR. Um, join our crowdfunding campaign. It's as simple as SMSing your name to 32823, uh, terms and conditions to apply. An SMS will cost you one rand. And of course, uh, you can pledge a 90 rand a month towards the work that we do here. But hey, maybe you don't like SMSs, you're in new school. Well, then find us online by going to our website at irr.org.za forward slash um, join and you can sign up a monthly debit order of 90 rand there guys welcome to liberty and friends i'm your favorite fat boy big daddy liberty and um yeah i'm actually in parliament right now i um i'm not dressed for the for the occasion but you guys know me i never dress up um but i am sitting across the table from a um a, a very important voice i think in south african politics and one which we don't and what who someone who we don't hear from um quite a lot and i'm hoping we'll begin to hear much more from especially because he's one of the few sane voices of reason um in this country. Now, you guys know I've started my um, purposefully provocative campaign online. Hashtag politicians are trash. Um, and you guys know my general view about politicians in this country. But, you know, it's one thing for me to say that, but there are some politicians who are reaching out and saying, hey, I'm not trash, and these are the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis to change the lives of South Africans. Um, and it's all ideas-based. It isn't a personality, and you know me, I never sit across personalities. I sit across people who are actually thought leaders and um, are pushing uh, or in the battle, excuse me, of ideas. And uh, this one chap I'm sitting to now, and I should stop speaking about him in, the, you know, in sort of this mystical sense, um, as he has a, wears a big smile on his face. I'm sitting across um, Member of Parliament for the Democratic Alliance, Zakele Mbele. Zakele, welcome to Liberty and Friends. How are you doing, my good sir? Thank you very much, Sise. I am doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, and it's good to be chatting with you. Awesome, awesome. Zach, I know it's a bit of an awkward setup, um, but um, <laughs> you're welcome to go to your notes and anything like that. Um, but we're going to have a conversation here, um, which I think is... Uh, it's just it's sorely needed because we're not hearing it um, and some of the you know the points that we'll raise here from our public reps uh, and you know we were sort of chatting off air about just how despondent things can become in the political arena because people are not talking about ideas we're not talking about stuff that moves us forward um, but before any of that Zakele who am I sitting across the table from tell me a bit about yourself where are you from and hey man what got you into politics Sure. Um, well, in brief, uh, I was born in Durban, uh, um, grew up mostly in Joburg, um, and have now been living in uh, Cape Town for almost eight years. So I always like to refer to, um, uh, to myself by a, a description that I plagiarized from a description of St. Paul, right. which is um, Durbanite by birth, Joburger by culture, and Capetonian by citizenship. <laughs> Um, and um, basically, I'm, I'm somebody who um, have always been interested in politics uh, since high school. You know, I've started reading newspapers, following current affairs, uh, watching the news. Um, but I never once thought that I would go into active politics. Mm. It never really occurred to me. Mm. In particular, because um, my, my passion um, at that time and going into university and... Uh, at the root of things still is a passion for development. Mm. Um, I, I, I am saddened and uh, uh, often angered when I see uh, poverty, deprivation, um, in particular opportunity deprivation, uh, because it means that people don't even get a chance to get on the ladder, mm. never mind apply their own efforts in order to climb mm. up it. And as somebody who went to high school on a scholarship, mm. who went to university, um, on, a, on, a, on a scholarship um, and, were, and, and got my first foot into the, into the, into the uh, world of work through an internship that I was offered. I know how crucial opportunities, the right opportunities at the right time can be for really changing one's, one's life path. Sorry, I, I just wanted to interject that quickly. Um, 
I think it's also important for me to mention for the listeners that you're actually also, in terms of your worldview, you're a classical liberal. Um, yeah. You know, you actually view the world through the, the prism of, of freedom and liberty for the, you know for the individual. But so maybe situate um, situate that 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 worldview for us too. Like, how, how did you come about to being someone who views the world like that, and does it influence your day-to-day politics? Um, it certainly influences my, my worldview, and, and that's how I view and, and engage in politics. Um, so, I mean, I, as you said, I self-identify as a libertarian, um, and, and I like to think of myself as, as an organic liberal, mm. um, in the sense that I arrived at that, uh, at that outlook before I had a name for it mm. or a label for it. Mm. And in very brief terms, how it happened for me is that um, I am a gay man. And when I started becoming aware of my sexuality um, in, my, in my early teens, um, I, I, I was also very aware, um, intuitively at least, that this was not something that was viewed favorably by, by many in society, uh, that it was the, 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 the targets of prejudice and discrimination. Mm-hmm and uh, just general you know, negative, even hateful attitudes. Um, and so for me, I, I, I sort of arrived at this notion that the, the, the idea of individual freedom, mm-hmm. the freedom to uh, be and express <clears throat> and live uh, according to your own choices as an individual um, is paramount. Uh, because I knew that that idea obviously served my self-interest um, as as a gay man mm. in a society that is quite rife with conservatism and, and homophobia. Mm. So I always say um, I don't care what other people's beliefs, uh, prejudices and, and, and uh, sort of uh, opinions are, um, but uh, I, I certainly am adamant that I and other people must have the freedom to live according to our, to our own uh, uh, choices. Yeah. Absolutely, I can't agree more. Um, Zakele, uh, as I maybe sort of move us into the three areas that I wanted us to, to talk mm. about today, um, just a final question. You know, you, in, in your official capacity, you sit on the police uh, portfolio committee? No, um, oh, actually, sorry. In, in this uh, sixth parliament, in my second term, um, I've now been allocated to the small, develop, small business development portfolio. All right, yeah. we'll cross that bridge, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I did want to speak to you about you know, um, you know, safety and security, because I know it's mm. an area in which you, you've actually begun to, you'd, you'd begun, rather, to cut your, your, your expertise in. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I used to read a lot of the stuff you'd put out on this. Um, but maybe let, let's, okay. Sorry, just for my own purposes, let's, let's begin where I think I wanted us to begin. Zakele, mm. the economy right now mm. is in the doldrums, mm. um, and there's just no, there's, there's no pretending about it now. You know, there's no fancy words um, you know, that we sort of parrot from the government that can hide mm. the fact that the vast majority of South Africans are struggling at mm. the moment. Talk to me about how we got here from your perspective, sitting on the opposition benches, watching, if you will, mm. the ANC push this country into, um, you know, uh, sort of the, the, a race to the bottom, if I can call it that. And, you know, sitting on those parliamentary benches right, or excuse me, to your left, oh, you just oh, held like a sneeze yeah. there. <laughs> Good work. Um, but sitting to your left in that very same parliament are, you know, the red and tooth and claw EFF, mm. um, who are just the, if you will, the the um, the far left of what the ANC is right now. That's a very toxic environment to find yourself in, in terms of the ideas that you know are shared in parliament. So maybe as I, I, I sort of go back to the question, how do we get to this point that we're at now, and how difficult of an environment is it in parliament to fight for ideas that maybe can help fix? The, the slide that we're on, but how did we get here? In very simple terms, how we got here, how we got to this low growth, if not stagnant and job shedding economy, mm. is that um, the two key factors you need for a dynamic and growing economy were uh, essentially snuffed out, mm. right? So number one, you need investor confidence, mm. right? So you need policy certainty, you need um, an enabling environment, an attractive investment climate, 
um, in order for investors, both domestic and international, to to to, to plough their money um, and 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 build capital um, for uh, for returns. And we haven't had that. Um, the second thing we have lacked is that uh, many um, policies of the ANC as the governing party have been constraints on. Um, on, on entrepreneurship and on employment creation. So there just isn't um, the, the conducive conditions uh, to, to kickstart and to accelerate economic growth. Mm. Um, that's just distilling it to the, the sort of the, the, core, the, the core factors. Mm. Um, and, 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 and right now, unfortunately, it doesn't look like there is sufficient political will to implement the, the bold and radical reforms that are going to be needed in order to reverse uh, these, these misfortunes. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, talking about parliaments and your second question, mm -hmm. um, parliaments, um, although it should be a platform for uh, reasoned debates mm -hmm. about uh, ideas to move the country forward and uh, solutions to, to, to address our challenges, um, it is not... It is not that platform, unfortunately. Very often, when we as the DA um, raise uh, uh, proposals or we, or, or we table solutions, um, the, the ANC sort of slaps us down as they say that we, we are grandstanding, uh, we, are, we are trying to be politically relevant. Um, and, and so there just isn't that receptiveness um, and, and that bona fides, if I can put it that way, mm. that, that sense of goodwill and good faith engagements from the ANC as a whole, but also the, the executive in particular, um, uh, to take on good ideas, no matter which, which party they come from. And, and that's perhaps a major problem, because on this show we speak a lot about, um, you know, and you rightly is encapsulated at the idea that you know it's a low growth environment, um, essentially a stagnant economy, but at the genesis of it is also the ideas behind why it is a low growth, stagnant economy. And an ANC which is firmly recommitting itself to leftist ideology, hard, hard ideology, um, often in spite of pragmatic and necessary policy reform that's required. Um, and I, I really want you to, to, to place me uh, in your seat in Parliament, you know, looking across you, of, of course, seeing all those ANC faces facing you and looking back at you, and, you know, to your left, literally, um, being the EFF, you know, it, that's a very tough place to then find yourself in. Uh, in, when, when I've just argued, for example, that ideology is one of the biggest fa uh, problems we're facing in this country, a, a political environment which is dogmatic in um, actually failed ideology, you know, the sort of toxic mix of statism, uh, you know, socialism, and essentially hardline communist, yeah. um, and, and, and populist ideology. Um, Zakele, level with me. You're standing in, on that podium, and you are doing a speech, you're, you're, you're delivering a speech around what is required to get this economy uh, uh, back into a, you know, a sort of 5% growth, <clears throat> GDP growth economy. What does that speech sound like? And as you sort of go through your, your, your sort of points, um, who is your biggest resistance in that house? Mm. Look, the, the key points are all about reverse engineering um, what I mentioned earlier and enabling environments for investments um, and, and for entrepreneurship. Um, so, you know, it's about cutting red tape. It's about um, having policy certainty and, and policy coherence. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, having policies that are, um, uh, that are job creation friendly and that are um, investment attraction friendly. Um, uh, and it's about making it as easy as possible for those with the, the resources and the gumption uh, to, to take a risk and, 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 and build assets, to build capital, to right. simply allow them to do it. Uh, and, 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 you know, going back to the, the notion of how terribly statist we are in the public mind of this country, there's this notion that the government has to actively do something mm. in order for there to be progress or in order for there to be, to, to be uh, uh, you know, 
consists of changes. More often than not, it's about the government stopping to try and do anything. Just step back, create an enabling environment, mm. but let um, individuals, households, uh, businesses pursue their self-interest, engage in voluntary exchange, uh, in, you know, in, 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 in voluntary value exchanges, um, and, and, and in that way, we'll actually see a, a, a lot more of the solutions being addressed through goods and services being provided. Um, so as, as I said, it's about cutting red tape, um, it's about uh, reducing or removing the, the, the constraints that, that the government often puts on, on individuals and on business uh, through, through regulations um, and all kinds of onerous requirements uh, that take away uh, from, from, from the energy and resources that should go into investments and building value. Then there is the the second issue I wanted to, to pluck with you. And um, forgive me here because I, it, it's if, if we dwell on this one, because um, I'm going to play devil's advocate now. So I don't know if you've watched any of my shows. Um, I'm going to play the archetype leftist, the hardline ideologue, and I'm going to pepper you with what I would argue would be their responses. So um, if I wear my hat, um, I'd say, yeah, but hang on, Zakele. Um, here you go again, you, you crazy right-wing conservatives. You, you hate the poor. You absolutely hate poor people. You, what you want to do is pre preserve a society where um, the rich get richer, and they're the ones who enjoy all the resources, including the land, which uh, poor people don't have. And if only they had the land. If they had the land, Zakele. Um, like whites do in this country, then there'll be prosperity all around. You, government will control everything um, and dispense it as it sees fit, and invariably government cares about the poor, so it'll give everything to the poor. Um, you right-wingers don't want that, Zakele. You want everything to be in the hands of rich whites. Um, how true is that, Zakele? Well, let me start by uh, strongly rebutting um, the second parts of that argument which is this idea of governments as a caring, benevolent, um, and, uh, you know, this caring, benevolent agent that, that acts on behalf of the most vulnerable. That's the theory. But if you look at the performance of governments over the last 15 years in state-owned enterprises, um, in uh, service delivery failures, yeah. in infrastructure backlogs, um, uh, that has not been the, the picture of... of of governments we've seen in reality. So there's no guarantee that putting anything in the hands of the states is going to achieve those outcomes. Mm. Um, but in terms of uh, the, the poor and the most economically vulnerable, the, the, the biggest problem we have right now is that many of the unemployed are unemployable. They are stuck in structural unemployment as a surplus pool of unskilled labor. They simply cannot plug into the labor markets. Um, and, 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 if, and, and if that's where they're languishing on the margins, uh, they're nowhere near getting onto the fast track to, to better livelihoods. So we need to start with job creation. We need to um, ensure skills development. Yeah. Uh, we need to make all those activities market-based, responsive to real-time need and demand in the economy. Um, and then we can build from there. The one point I will uh, uh, agree with my leftist friend on is this idea that we must have, we must uh, facilitate a broad base of capital ownership in the economy. Um, so whether you, you want to talk about land slash property, um, that's why, for example, I'm a big fan of of of, of Maggie Thatcher um, because of the of the revolution in um, possibilities for, for intergenerational wealth mm. that, that were policies uh, uh, brought about through the right-to-buy policy, mm. uh, whereby families could buy the, the council flats and council homes that they lived in. Um, I also firmly believe that uh, I'm a big fan of um, pr promoting and facilitating um, uh, employee uh, share, uh, share ownership schemes and and, and, and equity share schemes in, in the rural sector, um, because if we can build that, that broad base of capital ownership, um, then more people are invested in the success of the economy. Yeah, but Sakela, no. Um, you're just riling up all my leftist instincts here. 
what you're basically doing is you're using sophisticated language to still show for these rich whites. Um, that's basically what you're doing. And um, even under your, your perfect um, um, conservative world, because we always get mislabeled anyway, even under your perfect conservative world, um, I mean, look at you, you're even citing Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, do you know, um, was, was the most evil individual in society. In fact, she, she made um, British society poorer. Um, and you, you're going to import those same policies here, those neoliberal um, poverty-creating policies that we've seen don't work. In fact, I was just chatting with my friends, Irvin Jim and Zuelin Zimavavi, yesterday over some Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, I mean over some water <laughs> and tea. Um, and we were saying, you know, what we need is more state intervention. If the government controlled everything, including um, your, your, your property, at least it, it would lease it out to you, Zakele, and at least you wouldn't face the risk of banks stealing um, your, your home if you defaulted. Uh, if we had a situation where the Reserve Bank was in the hands of the state, so that we could print more money. If we could just print more money, Zakele, then we can dole that money out into government programs um, such as free meals for the poor, a free house for everybody who wants one, a job in every house that is a state job. In fact, we should be bringing these jobs back into government. People should be working for the state because those jobs are jobs for life, Zakele. Um, those are secure employment. Um, and, you know, some of the other proposals that are put forward, but the state must play a central role in driving the economy. Because, you know, you, you, we're blacks, okay, you must know this. We blacks, we don't understand the economy. We need the vanguard of the poor, the working class, those in government, to, uh, to, to, to redistribute the wealth to us. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't that be the case, Akele? Well, I mean, I find that last point incredibly patronizing uh, uh, towards, towards black people, towards poor people, and towards black poor people. Um, um, the, the states, the only appropriate role of the states is to uh, defend people's rights um, and to ensure uh, restitution and justice when people's rights have been, um, have been violated. Um, and, and, and so on that I'm very firm and I'm very clear. All the other policy proposals uh, that you outlined, I mean, I don't even know where, where to start with the folly and the foolishness of that. I mean, willy-nilly printing money, that's, that's a one-way express track to um, inflation, high inflation rates in the economy. Um, the idea that the states must just uh, give jobs and, and, and hire everybody. Well, that's precisely the, the approach and the syndrome that led to the British economy um, ailing and stagnating by the late 1970s. It was called, it was called the sick man of Europe. Mm -hmm. Declining productivity, loss-making industries, draining the fiscus, mm -hmm. um, and, thus, and thus resulting in, in, in stagflation, stagnant growth, but also high inflation. Mm -hmm. Because, um, uh, you, you know... Economics, economics might for a time yield to uh, sort of strident state action and incorrect state policy, but sooner or later it catches up with you. Ask the Soviet Union, um, ask Cuba, um, uh, and, and, and ask Venezuela. Um, uh, you simply cannot will one's fantasies into reality through, through sheer force of, of enthusiasm. And that, in fact, I believe is one of the fundamental problems with the ANC. You will, you will share these passionate speeches in Parliament about the ANC's intentions, the ANC's plans, the ANC's goals, and they seem to think the, 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 more, the, the louder and the more passionately they, they state these, um, it will somehow improve the chances of its, of its coming to be, um, but completely ignoring and actually uh, 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 degrading the kind of fundamentals that you need to have in place to achieve those outcomes. Okay, Zakel. Um, I'm going to take off my leftist hat mm. <laughs> and resume being Big, big Dead Liberty. Um, 
Vakele, you've set out a, and I was purposefully doing this, of course, because I wanted the listener to understand who you are and why you view, excuse me, firstly, how you view the world and why you view it the way you do. And of course, you and I share a lot of uh, similarities in um, our positions, right? And so far as being erring on the side of freedom, erring on the side of liberty, erring on the side of giving individuals and really families. I speak a lot about individuals, but really we're a family society. And insofar as the individual does what he does in the society, he does it for the benefit of himself and his family. Um, and policy, therefore, should speak to that, right? Mm. Um, and this is where I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works because um, I'm going to be a little controversial here. You know, you, and I, I want to put this to you, that you're in the Democrat... Democratic Alliance, excuse me, and for the longest of times, because you know my background, I used to be in the party and you know, I, I, I left, um, for the longest of times we used to speak that language, we used to speak the language of, um, I say we as in the DA, um, I probably shouldn't say that we anyway, anyway, <laughs> I digress, I digress. Um, for the longest of times, the DA used to speak the language of empowering the individual, uh, pushing choice uh, further and further down and closer into the, the family as opposed to and away from the hands of bureaucrats and officials. And it would seem ever increasingly that, that, that the coherence of that message is being lost. And we're now hearing from this rising group um, who are the loudest voices in your party, who call themselves social liberals or social democrats. And I've, I've checked one of them, and I won't name him on the show, but I've checked one of them online, because um, he was essentially pushing a line which was, you know, I could have closed my eyes and he literally would have been in the ANC in terms of that approach to things, you know, very statist um, and very condescending. And I, I mean, you, you rightly pointed out when I was still playing the role of the leftist, that some of what I was saying was very condescending towards blacks, especially poor mm. black South Africans. Um, but sometimes you see that coming from your party. Zakele, what's going on in the DA? And I say this with, with a sense of vested interest because a lot of people who listen to the podcast may be DA supporters or may be newly um, you know, dis disillusioned DA supporters. What's going on in the DA and is there a fix to this? Because, and I, I'm, again, I'm not goading you into a conversation about leadership or anything like that. I'm actually kind of not really interested in that because to me it's, it's, it's immaterial. For me, it's about the people in the party and the thought leadership and the direction which it's going in. Mm. And I want to put it to you that it's not going in a, um, a pro-freedom or even libertarian direction, and it's going the op opposite direction. Am I wrong? And if so, how am I wrong? Um, look, I think, well, let me say a, a two or three things that I can say with, uh, with clear confidence. Sure. I think it is true that over the last, uh, 10 to uh, 13, 14 years, um, there has been a series of what I call leftward shuffles um, in, in a number of areas, uh, uh, in, 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 in policy, in, in messaging, and, and in positioning. Um, whenever I noticed these happen, um, it wasn't overly concerning to me i mean it, it it wouldn't have been what i would have you know uh, 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 chosen or, or or supported but i never had the sense that there was a a core or fundamental uh, sort of deviation starting to happen um i think uh what's what has also been a uh, a sort of creeping uh, tendency um, over over the previous short to mid term is an an over reliance or an over emphasis on the tactics um, uh, and some might say gimmicks of politics um, slogans buzzwords catchphrases um, um, and 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 maybe not enough reflection on whether those are deeply rooted in principle, in values, and are coherent with, uh, with an overall picture. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, and, and that really is the, the fundamental challenge of growth as a mm. political party. Um, because as you grow, you aren't always going to be attracting or um, uh, uh, having people join you who are 
100% um, uh, liberals or, or what your stated values and principles are, um, but at the same time, I mean, you can't, you know, uh, 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 close the door in, in, in people's faces because they, they don't pass an ideological purity test. Mm. Um, so it has to be a balancing act. It has to be about welcoming people from different ideological and political backgrounds, but then ensuring that there's an ongoing um, conversation, education, and reorientation so people understand what is the space that they are entering and, and what is the, the, the mindsets that they must adopt in order to operate within that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there certainly is, is room, uh, a lot of room for improvement in that regard. And in fact, I would, I would also hold myself culpable um, as, as part of that, because I can say that as, as an MP and having been a, a constituency head um, in, in various areas where, <coughs> where I've been allocated, I've, I've, I've never had a consistent and strong focus on having uh, political education uh, uh, platforms and engagements and, and, and sessions with, with the DA youth, um, uh, uh, with, with new, new members as they join as part of their induction. Um, so, so that certainly is something that needs to be strengthened, um, call it sort of going back to basics. Yeah. I hear you. There's a little bit of skirting, but I do hear you. Yeah. Um, because I think my concern, um, Zakel, is that there is a lack of um, political and ideological diversity right now in, in South African politics. Um, we, we kind of pretend as if we're, we're you know, the, um, there's a plurality in voices, but really there isn't. Generally speaking, most of the voices are uh, centre-left the spectrum is centre-left and far-left. Mm -hmm. And that's the sort of Overton window we're playing in, really, if you think about it. And you'll have one or two voices, one, one which is yours, by the way, who actually are not in that um, window, but we don't hear from you guys quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And my concern is, and maybe I'm leaving this with you, and you don't really want to uh, retort, I don't know, I'll, I'll leave that to you to, to decide. But my concern is that, you know, there are... If you really look at who South Africans are, right, in terms of their characteristics, in terms of what polling shows us, the various polls and ours including, and even the re recent one re released by Stats SA, the one thing you can say about South Africans is there's three characteristics here. Generally speaking, they are God-fearing, law-abiding, people by and large, and family-orientated. These are really conservative ideals, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. And one would therefore infer, and the data kind of maybe suggests it, that the vast majority of people of voting age in this country, if I assume these three characteristics, are not voting because maybe they're not hearing a political party that speaks to um, you know, those three values, in addition, of course, to creating a society which you know, accords them the freedoms to pursue whatever they want to pursue. Mm. The conversation they would likely hear if they tune into the newspapers, tune into the chattering classes of opinion and analysis on talk radio, for example, is a broad spectrum of centre-left to far-left. Um, and let me leave you with this question then. What do you think needs to happen? And you can situate the DA in this, perhaps. Mm. What do you think needs to happen now in terms of a political party, either A, such as the DA, hitting the proverbial refresh button and tapping into that, that voting... Um, block, if you will. I mean, it's like 12 million people who I'm talking about, yeah, mm. plus minus, I think, if I have my numbers right. Um, not only regain the half a million votes that you lost in the last election, but also start growing again. Because a colleague of mine, Herman Pretorius, I don't know if you read his piece, um, mm, which caused a, you know, ruffled a lot of feathers in the party. Yeah. Um, but he, he did make a very good point in, the, in that piece, which is to say, you know, the public is just waiting for that party to move away from race, mm. to move away from the um, the current dominant ideas and actually offer something new, mm. fresh, that we can rally behind. Mm. Is the DA that party? If not, do you guys fear, and you can speak as a DA member here, do you guys fear that there may be a party that will grow in the future that captures that market and wins that 12 million, those 12 million votes? Like, how does the DA win those 12 million votes? Mm. Um, well, let me start at, at, at a high level and then uh, 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 sort of m move uh, to a more detailed uh, um, statement that will answer your question. Sure. 
For me, my overriding sense of mission or cause, uh, what, what drove me into active politics and what keeps me there, is the imperative for, for political realignment, mm. right? Uh, uh, and and the, the ultimate objective of that realignment, in very simple terms, is to arrive at a politically competitive landscape. We have to break out of this, um, uh, this uh, sort of deadlock of one party, one party dominance, which breeds the complacency and the arrogance and the impunity that we've seen. Um, in 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 many many ANC governments in different uh, different spheres, because they have no fear of being held accountable for underperformance, for for failures, and and for that sort of thing. So um, as has been the the message of uh, of of all DA leaders uh, since since I've joined uh, the party, um, the, the DA does see itself, or at least should see itself, as being a key driver, a spearhead, and a catalyst for that realignment. Um, and so that then starts to, to, to move us towards the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. Because if one of the key pillars of political realignment is the growth of the opposition overall as, as a block relative to the ANC as the current national governing party, um, and secondly, the consolidation of the opposition, mm. um, uh, then it becomes a matter of what what center can parties start to sort of uh, uh, cohere around, um, and non-racialism is obviously a, a key uh, key component of that uh, of that hub. Um, so I think I think the the most I will say in, in particular because I'm not really in the in the mainstream of the discussions, engagements, and, 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 and debates around this. Mm. Uh, but my very strong sense is that there has been a lot of reflection in the party at all levels since the elections this year in May. Uh, obviously, a, a disappointing result always makes one so it sort of jolts one and makes one take a step back and start mm -hmm. to think about where, where things went wrong. Um, um, and I think uh, so. It, it is about becoming clearer, uh, well, becoming clearer and and, and coherent in our self understanding, um, and then becoming clearer and coherent in our expression and messaging of that. Mm. Excuse me. Um, and in particular, becoming much more deeply uh, rooted um, in local communities, local issues, local politics. Mm. Um, uh, maybe if I can sort of end with this point, uh, a narrative that I've been starting to sort of share with, with colleagues whenever I could is that the ideal situation we, we, we should arrive at as the party is that if you were to go to any resident um, in a ward and you ask them, who is the face of the DA for you? Mm. Right now you'll find that many people will say, oh, it's, it's Musi Maimane, mm. Um, and it might be one of our other uh, uh, sort of MPs who've been um, in, in the spotlight on various issues, like uh, Medzoni around, around SOEs. Mm -hmm. um, whereas ideally, you want somebody to say that, for me, the face and the voice and my sense of the DA is the, the branch committee chairperson of the DA or the activist who lives three doors down because they're always involved in community issues, uh, they're always trying to assist. Uh, that, for me, is my primary interface with the DA. That is who I know the DA to be. So that issue of, uh, uh, of, of, of turning back and, and becoming grounded again in, at the local level, local communities, local issues, local politics, um, I think is going to be a, a key part of that, of that uh, reorientation, reform, and renewal for the party going forward. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question, uh, but yeah. Um, maybe let me add a little bit of nuance, yeah. um, or seek a bit of nuance from you. Yeah. Um, talk to me, perhaps, and we'll, we'll move on from this. But I really, I, I think, for a lot of listeners, they're kind of wondering what what do actual DA people in the party think? Um, there is a a lot of um, okay. So I'll ask it this way. Policy-wise, what is the major sell that you 
think the DA needs to stop making to the South African public. It can't be race, Zakele. Mm. South Africans are genuinely fatigued at the conversation about race being somehow the central pillar in deciphering opportunity in society. It, there's clearly a fatigue mm. in that because they recognize that it's become a scapegoat mm. for the sort of crony, corrupt society that we're seeing that often trades in the name of doing, excuse me, doing things on behalf of black South Africans. Um, but invariably, you know, the vast majority of black South Africans are locked out. Mm. And it's only the cronies who, who, who know. So what is the policy offering? Again, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of the DA. Give me your view here. Mm. What is the policy offering that you think needs to be put forward to win the hearts and minds of those 12 million South Africans who are argued likely want to live in a free, free society, um, want to live in a society that focuses on the family and empowers them, mm. um, where they have property rights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, what is the policy offering going forward? What does it have to look like in order to win those 12 million? Oh, that is actually a big question. I mean, I, I know how to answer it because I, I, um, I, I know the, the policy positions derived from, you know, the values and, 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 and principles of uh, advancing and upholding individual freedom and that sort of thing are. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm struggling to find the words to say it in a, in a concise and sort of punchy way. Well, it'll yeah. help. Yeah. Top five things. There's an election next week. Mm. Uh, excuse me, no. There's an election next, next month. You're on the campaign trail. Mm. What are the top five things you're saying to me, the voter, um, in order to win my vote? I'm part of that 12 million who are registered, who are eligible, mm. but do not vote. What are the five top five things that you're saying to me in a very really real way that entice me to come out and vote and, and vote for you? Okay. Um... In terms of uh, themes, if, if I understand uh, uh, the question correctly, yeah. first one, absolutely key, I would say, is um, education and, and, and skills development. So um, enabling, enabling people, enabling individuals to either enter the job markets or start a business, well, primarily to enter the, the job market, let me, let me put it that way. So education and, and skills development, putting forward propos proposals and, and solutions as to how, how, to optimize, how to optimize that. Like? Um, well, like, for example, I would say let's abolish the CETAs and uh, transform all of those uh, uh, resources, all, all of the budget that currently goes into CETAs, mm -hmm. into, uh, into vouchers, into mm -hmm. basically education vouchers. Um, that what do these vouchers do, just for the sake of my audience? Mm. So what the vouchers do is they give individuals and households purchasing power in the markets, right? Um, uh, and, and, and so people can, can pursue the, their own ends and their, and their own self-interest and have choice as to how they do that. And in response to that purchasing power that, that education vouchers will create, you will see the market respond with innovation, um, with, with proliferating all kinds of goods and services um, that, that can help people pursue, pursue those ends. Okay. Yeah. Education is one. Yeah. Education is one. Um, number two would be, uh, let's say, broadly speaking, employment creation or job creation. So basically, we need to make every policy reform that's, that is needed uh, or, or that will make it easier to, to create jobs. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, whole, this whole thing around the national minimum, national minimum wage, for example, that must be scrapped. Mm. Um, sectoral determination also uh, mm. must, must, must be, if not scrapped, made more, more flexible so that uh, factors around geography and, and age and that sort of thing uh, uh, um, are, not, are, not, um, are not hampered uh, when it comes to the job creation uh, uh, situation. Um, because again, the, you know, jobs aren't created because the government pronounces something. Mm. A job is created because a business, an enterprise, needs somebody to perform a function and they need to expand their capacity in order to, in order to meet uh, market demand. That's how jobs are created. There's growing market demand for whatever a, a, a whatever good or service a, 
a business provides and so the business then seeks more employees to, to, to grow their capacity mm. there's no other way to create jobs mm. so if you make it difficult or you disincentivize businesses um, especially small business taking on the risk of of, 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 of new people, especially the young and the inexperienced and the unskilled, yeah. um, then we're going to have that uh, um, uh, permanent and structural unemployment crisis we, we have now. All right. Right? Third one, um, uh, then I would say definitely is, is entrepreneurship, yeah. right? So, uh, as I said, with, with employment, you want to make it as, as, as easy as possible for a business to take on n- new employees. But then you also want to make it as easy as possible for somebody who, who has an idea, who sees, who sees a gap in the market, um, uh, or can see around the curve and foresees a possible opportunity you know, coming, coming down the pipeline, to then start a business, operate it, um, and not run into bureaucracy and red tape mm. and, um, you know, I don't know, SARS clearance certificates. Mm. You know, there's a, threshold, there's a threshold beyond which that kind of compliance does become important. But let, let's let people get up and start to build momentum. Mm. You know, in, in my budget speech uh, 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 earlier on this year, I posed a question to, to my counterpart, the, the Minister of, of Small Business Development, mm. uh, because she was going on about, about the national minimum wage. And I said, if the, 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 the young gentleman in, in Kailicha who started uh, um, Sierra Express, that's a bicycle... Uh, a chronic medication delivery business. Oh, um, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, Cesare. Uh, uh, Very innovative. I've seen that one. If he had had all kinds of compliance inspectors breathing down his neck mm. as to whether his friends and peers that he was hiring uh, as, as they were growing were being paid at the minimum wage, mm. would, would that business ever have had the opportunity to gain momentum um, and to eventually become what it is now? Mm. And the answer is clearly no. So let's give people the space, give them breathing room to establish themselves, become stable, and, and, and thus become, uh, you know, the foundation for future corporates possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, okay, so that's number three. Yep. Entrepreneurship, uh, solutions and, and, and proposals to, to make that as easy as possible. Um, now, Number four, can I push you into safety and security? Because I did oh, say, yes, I did yeah. say we would bring that up. Um, yes. What do you do to keep me safe, Sakeli? Because that's a major issue. Mm. I've seen what the DA proposed, mm. and this is the part where I say good DA, right? So, mm. Alan Windy, your, your premier in the Western Cape, mm. um, recently put out a video saying massive investment into creating uh, safer communities mm. and bolstering at a local level, which I prefer. Um, policing, uh, the metro police is uh, assumingly in Cape Town and other met- and other local municipalities across yeah. the, the Western Cape. That's good DA. Yeah. Um, bad ANC is uh, single police force, all these weird proposals of uh, placing all metro cops, everything under one SAPS, mm. which has the same effect- effectively inefficient police management, etc. Et so Talk to me then about what Zakele does as his fourth proposal to win my vote on safety and security on policing. Okay. Policing, fortunately, this is a terrain that I'm very familiar with. And I really um, want to hear and, your views on. Yeah. So for, for the years that I was on the police portfolio and mm. I was a DHL Minister of Police, mm. we always summarized the DA's reform proposals for policing as three pillars. The first is professionalization. Right? So we need to professionalize the police service. That means merit-based appointments, uh, oh, sorry, merit-based recruitments, mm. appointments, and promotion. Right? Because the biggest trouble right now is, is all the, the, the cronyism um, and, and the complete disregard for, for merits um, in those HR processes in the SEPs. Linked to that is then also, uh, you know, obviously, Training and 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 skilling to make sure that, that the police, uh, especially on the ground, have have the knowledge uh, that they need to, to perform the job as as uh, as well as possible. Mm-hmm. But crucially, strong accountability enforcement. That is a huge area where the SAPS falls down. Uh, there is there is no proportionate reward for excellence, and similarly, there is very weak to no sanction for misconduct or underperformance. So it becomes a free-for. Um, and, and you can't run a professional organization on that basis. 
so that's the first pillar. Mm -hmm. Professionalization encompassing that basket of ideas. The second one is localization. Mm -hmm. International best practice is that uh, the, the more localized or, or the more rooted in a local context policing is, the more effective it is because it can adapt to its context, it can be customized to the, the dynamics and, and, and the sort of, you know, unique issues that's, that, that are in the area. Um, the kind of policing that we need, for example, on the Cape Flats is not the same kind of policing that you need in, um, you know, Biffelfontein kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so the centralized one size fit or fits all approach to policing that the SAPS has does not work. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's why, for example, the, the, the DA in the last election was calling for policing to be provincialized, which is a, another word for just localization, putting control and management authority in the hands of, of, of those who were closer to the ground. Mm -hmm. And then the third pillar is spe <clears throat> specialization. Um, there are many uh, uh, kinds of crimes and many uh, uh, sort of criminal contexts that require a specialized approach. That means ex, uh, ex, uh, expert knowledge. Um, that means specialized equipment, uh, uh, specialized uh, uh, um, knowledge, mm -hmm, specialized mm -hmm. teams. So we should have a proliferation of specialized units um, in, in, in the police service. Uh, everything from you know, border, safety unit, border security units to rural safety to gang units to the whole shebang. Um, uh, because you can't have a generalized approach to policing everywhere for everything. Uh, that's where you start to fall short in terms of having effective investigations, attaining conviction rates, um, and thus having a strong deterrence uh, for crime. Talk to me about gun rights. Are you going to be taking my guns away, Sakele? Absolutely not. Um, it's, 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 it is official DA policy to, to support the rights um, uh, uh, to, to civilian uh, firearm ownership. Uh, so we will always oppose the narrative that calls for a wholesale civilian disarmament. Um, as, as a libertarian, I will, I will add that um, there is, there is uh, no more certain um, insurance policy, shall we say, against tyranny um, than an armed civilian population. Uh, because... As the example I always make, mm -hmm. can you imagine how much more difficult the, the, the forced removals um, in the implementation of the Group Areas Act That's would have been right. if all those police breaking down people's doors in, in Sophia Town and District 6 That's had right. been made with somebody with a firearm saying, get the hell out of my house. That's right. You know? um, yeah. Um, so so there's, there's, no, there's no ambiguity around that. Same um, page yeah. on that, man. Yeah. Your last area then? Um, mm. said there's five proposals. Yes. Um, the fifth one, what are you doing for me? How do you get me into that uh, line to put my ballot next to your name? <sighs> what is the fifth one? So it's the hardest one. Yeah. You've, you've gone through a comprehensive list. Yeah. Um, sure. What are you doing to empower me? Like, are you still going to insist on race being a proxy for me to advance? Oh. Should I be worried as a white South African, for example, mm. that Zakele's party is going to um, tear us, you know, continue with the hierarchy where the white male, for example, at the bottom of the list, mm. and presumably the black disabled female is at the top of the list? Um, do you continue down this line in terms of empowerment? What is an no. empowerment program um, look like um, aside from your economic activity education which you mentioned yes but if, if there is some sort of empowerment policy what does it look like does it focus on race or identity or gender no um, I firmly believe that um, any empowerment uh, uh, approach or policy should be based on uh, objective and rational need right um, so I always make the the classic example that um, if we want to have a more diverse um, uh, national swimming team, for example, mm. we certainly don't do that through quotas, mm. um, and, and we don't undermine uh, uh, merits and, and the hard work of, of you know, people, people who would have trained for years and years, regardless mm. of, of their skin color. What you do is, if you, want, if you want to have a more diverse national swimming team, you build swimming pools, 
you invest in swimming coaches and you invest in uh, talent scouting in Soweto, in mm. Mdantane, in Umlazi, um, so that we can, so that our, our, our supply pipelines, our talent pipelines tap into all communities right. and are not just drawing from, from a small and narrow base. So I'm all about supply side uh, opportunity, creating empowerment um, <clears throat> and not, not outcomes manipulating uh, uh, coercive uh, 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 sort of engineering. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Zakele, as we head to the tail end of this discussion, um, you know, when I say politicians are trash on social media, I'm definitely not talking about people like you because I've always argued that it's the politicians who lead with ideas, ideas that are pragmatic, ideas that are proven, ideas that actually advance individuals and families that we need to hear more from. And you're definitely one of those voices. Um, so perhaps as a final um, word, a final say, um, and you're welcome to punt your social media and how people can reach you um, in this moment, um, your vision for this country and how can people reach you, Zakel? Sure. Um, my vision for this country um, is, is one basically of, and I, I know it sounds maybe a bit trite and cliche, uh, but this really is the core of, 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 of what uh, occupies my, my mental universe. My vision for this country is of a, a, a society of maximum freedom, um, maximum opportunity, um, and minimal governments, and frankly, those two are interrelated. Uh, you know, the 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 more we are to have big individual freedom, then the more uh, well, then the the less certainly intrusive government we we need. Um, and uh, and just yeah, um, people people being able to live as they choose, enjoying their rights, um, and and. Uh, yeah, because as obviously as libertarians, we don't believe in social engineering. Therefore, we don't believe in some sort of uh, a predetermined outcome for what society should should look like. Um, but you want, but we want individuals to have maximum uh, 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 freedom, opportunity, and means to pursue their own ends, um, as long as they don't violate other people's rights. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do the uh, people find you on on, uh, on social media, or just any medium that you invite people to contact you via? Sure. Um, on 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 social media, um, on on Twitter. Um, I haven't been very active on Twitter. I must confess, over the past period, uh, but my Twitter handle is at Mbele, One word. Um, I also have a, a a a Facebook page in terms of my my um, official. Uh, capacity as as an MP, which is uh, you just search for Zakele Mbele MP, um, and and, I, and then I also have an Instagram account uh, by the same by the same uh, description Zakele Mbele MP. Um, my my other social media uh, accounts and, and 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 presences are my my private accounts, which are for friends and people that I actually know. So I don't publicize those. No worries um, and. <laughs> And I will apologize uh, retrospectively and in advance to all the people who send me face friend requests on Facebook. Um, I, if, if, if I don't know you, if we haven't met, I'm not going to accept you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and I like on that, on that front. Um, Zakele, thank you so much yeah. for joining me on this episode. I think it was a really great one. And again, I must say this, and I'm sorry if it sounds cringy, but you know, I, I, I purposefully began my little hashtag of politicians are trash with the view of actually speaking to those who I actually really consider as, you know, mentors and guys who are doing an awesome job in the political arena because you guys are unfortunately are the minority in the political environment. And unfortunately, we are a little despondent as the public because of what we see. But there are guys who are doing some excellent work. And um, this series, if you will, is going to be bringing out more of those people who I consider and including those who I don't necessarily consider as being um, awesome, but like guys who who just stick their hand up and say, hey, we want to be a part of the show, we want to chat to you, um, we want to disprove why 
Um, they uh, happen to believe that they're not trash. And Zakel, you're definitely one of the stars. Um, and I'm, long may your star rise, if you will. Um, I don't know if it'll be in the DA, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> but uh, you know I, I do I, I do respect the work you do, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be watching you, and hopefully we'll have you on the Big Liberty Show as a contributor, guys. And um, thank you, of course, for listening to this episode of Liberty and Friends. Remember, you can support my work, help me get around, meet these awesome people around the country by supporting the channel, supporting the show, supporting. Um, Big Daddy Liberty. You can do that by becoming a friend of the IRR. If you haven't already signed up, hey, sign up. You know, throw in um, some of them shekels towards your favorite fat boy and um, help me get around the country uh, to talk to you. And of course, interesting voices like Uzakel Mbele. I'll link his social medias that he wants to be reached on um, in the description of this video, uh, of this uh, uh, file, excuse me. And um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. And remember, never trust a commie.